What might they be saying and pointing to? This is a big one. Mm. Yeah, Alexander. Maybe to God. Yeah. Sienna. To God. Yeah, that's what prophets do. And maybe some of you might even grow up to be them. We'll have to see. Well, I just appreciate your listening with your hearts and your minds. And I would love for you to go ahead and stand up and rejoin your adults in the room. And thank you so much for your time. Kids, you did an awesome job. That was amazing. Well done. Jeannie, thank you. That was great. Mesmerizing as always. Yes, please. Oh. Can I hand you that? As Jeannie sort of gathers her stuff, I think as adults, like we can relate to parts of this story. We can relate to this season of Advent being a time that's really fun and full of family and friends and gifts. But I think we can also relate to the fact that it can be really full. Jeannie and I were trying to schedule the other night, and it was like, what happened to our life? Like, the Christmas fun is starting to take over all these parts of our life, right? And one of the reasons we celebrate Advent is to remind ourselves, how do we prepare our hearts and our minds and ourselves to enter into the real profundity of Christmas, Now, if you've never celebrated Advent, Advent means arrival or coming, right? So this is what the word means. It's traditionally the four weeks before Christmas, and it's a time when we really remember really the profundity of God taking on human flesh in the person of Jesus, right? We lean back to the first century. We lean back to the hopes of the Jewish people, right? They're under oppression in Rome. They're in an exile of sorts, and they're trying to figure out, God, how are you going to make this better? They're calling out to Him. It's also a season when we become present to our own needs now, inviting Jesus into the present places of struggle and longing that we carry into the room. It's also a season when we look forward to when Jesus will come again, right? When he's going to come and make all things new, right? And during these seasons, we pay attention to these longings, the longings of the first century Israelites, the longings we have now, and the longings our world has for Jesus to return. Over the last few weeks, I've been um, meeting with someone and in my meetings with this person, I've just had this feeling of like, over time of like, man, this person's really suffered a lot by the hands of others. This person has then, because of that, gotten ingrained in these deep, stuck patterns. And I've realized, as I took a few days off this last week, realized like, how helpless I actually feel in that space sometimes. Of like, I don't know if I actually have anything to offer this person. I don't know if I can really be helpful. And I realized what was happening in me as I started to then shift. And as as I was thinking about Christmas and this idea of God drawing near, I was like, all right, Jesus, isn't this kind of the whole point of Christmas? That we do not have what it takes 
to satisfy a lot of the longings we bring into life. We don't have what it takes to really make the world better through technology, our own smarts, but there's this point at which we recognize our own limits and we turn back to Jesus and say, God, help us. That's essentially what we're doing in Advent. We're recognizing that we actually need God. We're reminding ourselves, because in the busyness and distractibility of modern life, we can just sort of get into all kinds of things and forget about these deep longings that are within us, these deep needs that we carry into the room every week, but often laid sort of buried under the busyness of modern life. So for the next few weeks, what we're going to try and do is prepare our hearts to actually receive Jesus on Christmas that he's actually God taking on human flesh to address the things in our life and our world that we cannot address ourselves. And we're going to lean into the fact that Jesus promised that he would come again, right? And he would address the sin, the evil, the violence in our world, and he would come and establish his eternal kingdom. He would comfort the suffering, heal the broken, cleanse the sinner, Make all things new. And each week during Advent, right, there's a different focus. And the first focus of Advent is this idea of the prophets and hope, right? And that's what Jeannie's trying to get at right there. They're writing these things that become a light that shape our expectations and our hope, right? And the prophets predicted a time when Jesus would come. And the New Testament, along with the prophets, predict a time when Jesus will come again, There's this one prophet, Isaiah, who, as Jeannie said, right, drew close to God, and God drew close to Isaiah, and he spoke to Isaiah. And I want to read this few verses from Isaiah 11, which is sort of a a picture of this reality that Isaiah imagined. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. The weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for all the peoples. Of him shall the nations acquire, and his resting place shall be glorious." Isaiah here points a picture, paints a picture of this human who will be from the root of Jesse, descended from David, 
who's anointed or the Messiah, sent by God who's going to bring righteousness and good, right, and establish an eternal kingdom, right, and His throne and His reign is going to be glorious. And it's going to affect not just you and me, but all of creation. Notice all the lion, lamb, like this is a bigger picture than just you and I in our lives, but all of creation is going to be affected by His reign. I think we need to keep these things in mind as we enter into Advent in the 21st century, right? Because it's easy to lose touch with the first century longing in the midst of Roman rule and exile, and they're wondering, is God going to come? And I think it's easy for us in the age of distraction to get so focused on all the potential things going on that we miss out on our longings. And we settle for a vision of secularism that is all just about making things better now and we forget that God is going to come and establish His eternal kingdom that's going to impact all of creation. Because the thing is, our world isn't perfect. Just like it wasn't perfect in the first century, we all know this, right? Life can be really beautiful and fun and full of joy and it also can be full of pain and suffering Right, we see this in the news all the time. Flip open any paper on any day in the world and you will see a picture of some joy and a lot of pain. But the thing is, we don't need to read the news to know that because I think most of us carry into this place a more personal and intimate knowledge of the pain of our world. And we pretend, you know, we do a good, like, Christian smile, and people ask you, how are you doing? You say, good or fine, you know. We put on the smile. We distract, even when we recognize it internally, we distract through our technology, through video games, through any endless list of to-dos, right? We distract. But within most of us, if we slow down long enough, there is a little bit of sadness. There's a little bit of loneliness, There's a little bit of grief that we carry into the room that only Jesus can satisfy, right? That only can be solved by Jesus coming in the present and Jesus coming to establish His eternal kingdom in the end. And it's during Advent, right, we look forward to this future, It's during Advent we remember Jesus' first Christmas and we look forward to the final Christmas. And in this day, we pray that He will come again into the cracks and fissures of our minds and our hearts and our lives. But the thing is, in a world full of potential distractions, in a season that often can be busier than any season in the year, sometimes we need actual practices to make space to become aware of what's going on inside of us and remember who God is in the midst of it. So I think it's helpful. I want to encourage you before the busyness starts ramping like crazy to actually institute some Advent practices to ground you in this season to the God who draws near and also the longings of your heart. So that you can cry out like Israel cried out through history for God to draw near. It might be, you know, you're going to have an Advent walk that you do. You know, take a morning and you go for a walk and you're just going to create some space to be with God and yourself and slow down. 
We also have an Advent devotional that has daily scriptures that you can be reading. I would encourage you, lean into that. Or maybe you want to make an Advent wreath as a family, right? And you do this wreath either as a family or as an individual or with your housemates or whatever, and make a wreath. You can find all kinds of directions online. But it's just a way, again, of grounding yourself, preparing your heart as Christmas approaches. Now, I want to invite up, we're going to have the worship team come up for the last song, but I want to invite up uh, the Harris family. And we're going to have them, they're going to light our first candle in Advent, and it's the, the hope candle or the prophet's candle. And they're going to lead us in a corporate prayer as we enter worship. And we're going to do this each week to mark the passage of time, right? So that you're seeing us get closer and closer to Christmas. I want to invite the worship team up as well. I want to invite you to stand as we say this prayer and then lean into to worship.